Previously on Atlas Chugged. Ashima and Sir Topham were visiting Dr. Berg and Dr. Carson at the train hospital. Topham and Carson went off to have some coffee, but Ashima was about to share a memory with Dr. Berg. She smiled wistfully as she shared a memory with Dr. Berg. She found this one particularly amusing because it involved her. And in the meta-narrative... Well, I think that this whole idea of just a spin-off with Dr. Berg and Dr. Carson is probably like the most brilliant of the ideas we've co-created ever. With so much out there to distract us, it's no surprise that something came along to shift our gears, so let's switch tracks, cause everything's great, nothing is wrong. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, oh. What are we... Are you we burped read? like I want to keep a burp counter because I feel like you burp nice. once a podcast. You, hey, you know what I really like those page counters that when you visit a page you can tell how many people have visited it. Did it? Did it? Did it? Like a scrolling wheel of numbers. Yeah, those are cool. They're like odometers, but for page views. Page odometers. Pageometers. 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 Burp counter four, five. I know, right? Two. That was two. That was a twofer. All right, well, now uh, that was that part, section two, part one, Edge of Destiny. No. Yes, that was Forever Now, Edge of Destiny, section two. Part one. Part one. So now it's the uh, flashback of part one of section two of part one, a.k.a. Edge of Destiny of Forever Now. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) That means flashback. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday at Vickerstown, Thomas had just finished up on his branch. What? On his branch line? I don't know what that means. Whatever. (laughs) It's like shunting. You wouldn't understand. Ah, thanks. Thomas had just finished up on his branch line, and knowing that Shima had been asked to work in Vickerstown to help prepare for the big post-race celebration which was to happen tonight, went immediately there, hoping there was something he could do that would bring him in closer proximity of her. Ashima? He happily yelled from behind, picking her out right away as he pulled into the station and up alongside of her on the next track over. She could be spotted pretty easily. Thomas! She smiled and looked over, elated to finally see him. They had just started to catch up on the day's events when an engine appeared in the distance, coming toward the station on the next set of tracks over from Thomas. Oh, shit. She heard him... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to make Thomas not a tiny happy boy. Oh, is this Thomas? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think. She heard him groan, and her eyebrow quirked at his sudden change of attitude as the big silver engine came to a stop right in front of him with a grand whoosh of steam. His entrance and the whole aura around him just screamed, cocky. All right, here we go. Voice number five. Hello, Sodor! He announced as the cloud around him cleared. Oh boy. His eyes went right to Thomas. Well, oh well, what do we have here, little Thomas? His voice demeaning as he eyed Ashima next to him. Hello, Spencer. Thomas pasted a smile and attempted a friendly redirect of the question. What are you doing here? 
He had never been very good at faking anything. His forced cordiality made her have to swallow down a snicker. She could tell that they weren't exactly the best of friends, as she amusedly watched the exchange. I'm bringing the Duke and Duchess of Boxford to the big soiree this evening, he bragged. Thomas's eyes shifted to look at her, and she could see that he was biting back a grin. Do you know what it's for? He asked politely, but she could hear the faintly veiled gloat in his voice. Nah, who cares? Where there's a party, I'm there! She couldn't help rolling her eyes slightly, but kept the groan under wraps. And what are you doing here, Thomas? This is an awfully big station for such a tiny little tank engine such as yourself. He noted condescendingly. Surely there isn't a whole lot for you to do around here, seeing as you can't pull heavy passenger cars, and you don't have your little bitches chained to your useless ass end. <laughs> what the fuck? What? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't... What is that? Uh, Are that, you talking about female dogs? Random slander. This is so weird. <laughs> Spencer, I... who are who is this beast? Who is this Spencer? <laughs> I oh. hope he's not in it a lot, because I don't like this voice. I don't know. I don't like him either. <clears throat> His eyebrow quirking as he looked in back of Thomas. Me? Useless? He laughed in surprise as his eyebrows rose. Uh-oh. That'll get the testosterone flowing. She knew how much he hated being referred to as small, and this one didn't care if there was, a was anyone else around. Thomas chuckled sarcastically. This is the of the lazy fuck who never pulls anything heavier than his usual load of verbal shit. He grated in response. You're the useless one out of the two of us, Spencer. You have buffers, but you never use them. I shunt for a living. <laughs> when will you ever leave me alone? Her eyes widened in surprise. From the look on Spencer's face, she suspected that this was the most of his mind that Thomas had ever given an engine in return for their demeaning rudeness. His embarrassment was evident, and she felt the sting. She knew his flair was because she was right next to him. Spencer huffed in shock. Boy, for such a small little piece of shit! You sure do have a, you sure do have a big mouth on you, don't you? <laughs> the two engines glared at each other menacingly. To Thomas's credit, he had tried to be nice at first. It was Spencer who came looking for a fight. Don't you have some important person's project to fuck up, so I can swoop in and save your sorry ass again? Thomas asked, rolling his eyes. Well, I never! Of course, having <laughs> lost the battle... <laughs> Sorry. Of course, having lost that battle, his gaze shifted to her. Who's your girlfriend? He asked sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your girlfriend? He asked sarcastically, looking her over. She watched as Thomas's jaw tightened. And just as he was about to say something probably incredibly profane through his grit teeth, their attention turned towards the platform separating the two dueling engines. Oh no. <sighs> Spencer, please don't tell me you're obsessing over Thomas again! exclaimed a well-dressed man toting a well-dressed woman on his arm. She assumed this was the Duke and Duchess. Spencer's eyes widened. Sir, ma'am, oh, no, of course not, sir. He crawfished. She watched as a smirk came to Thomas's lips. 
Well, I'm certainly relieved to hear that you learned your lesson the last time. The Duke berated in an almost overdone tone of relief. More than likely, he had heard the exchange. Yes, of course, sir. You know that. I... I apologize, sir. Thomas interjected politely. We were just having words. It's been a long day, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's exhausted. He excused them as the Duke nodded his head approvingly. Well, I hope you're not too exhausted for the celebration being held in your honor, and thank you for inviting us. <laughs> Sorry, it's real good. I don't know, it's, I, there's too many characters already. I know. He patted his wife's hand on his arm, and Thomas smiled as he watched the gesture. It's not every day we get the opportunity to converse with an international champion. Spencer's jaw dropped. And you? His gaze shifted to her as her eyebrows rose. You are the other victor, am I correct? Yes, thank you. She replied, her color heightening slightly at the attention. Very good, both of you. He said, <laughs> he said, looking between them. You've done so do I proud. <laughs> And with another nod of approval, <laughs> such a good voice. <clears throat> okay. And with another nod of approval, he bid their leave and walked off down the platform. Thomas breathed a sigh of relief. Come on, Ashima. And with that, they steamed away down the track away from Spencer. Present day. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because it's italics, but we can't hear those. Yes, no, we can't. Yes. <clears throat> Back to Barrow Medical Facility, where Dr. Berg and Ashima are having a conversation. He can have quite the strong lip on him sometimes. Oh, what she would give to hear him swear right now and have everything be normal. Dr. Berg smirked. It's a guy thing. She rolled her eyes slightly. He did apologize, though. He said Spencer has a way of bringing out the worst in him. Well, he was defending himself. You were right there. He's not going to want to be picked on and called little in a whole bunch of different ways when he's trying to make a masculine impression in front of you. He stated knowingly as his eyebrows rose. Of course he's going to shove it right back down the deserving throat it came from. Ashima smiled at the thought of Thomas wanting to make a male impression in front of her. She knew that... She knew that the... <laughs> so hard not to laugh. I know. <clears throat> We're Sorry. so close. We're so fucking close. She knew that that was the reason he had responded as grittily as he did, despite the situation. It even made her feel a little warm inside. I think I'm ready now, she said. All right, then. He said, walking back towards the doors. Let's go see how he's doing. Hooey! <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, Spencer and the Duke threw a wrench in my, my box of voices. I know. We definitely should have prepared better for scripting this, because it's so uh, hard 
sometimes to figure out who's talking. <laughs> uh, it really is. No, but I think you did well narrating. Oh, you said who we because the next comment says who we. Who we? That's true. <laughs> Thomas sure has a big mouth. Who we? Thomas sure has a big mouth. And Tank Engine says, I think he would, don't you think? The whole male-to-male battle of testosterone? Wink. I mean, he was defending himself. I, so I they was have testosterone that and blood. Thomas was swearing so readily and being rather, rather vulgar. Right? To boot. That's I'm, crazy. I know that it's my preconceived notions of a child's show, but in his first couple chapters, he's been totally placid. And flaccid. But I think that's <laughs> probably for it's a tool for us to understand that um, he's an adult male. Yeah, I just, I liked him better when he was more tame, low-key, you know? Like a little boy. A little British like boy. Like a little now British boy. Now he's a weird boy. swear man. Ugh, I know you hate swearing. I'm so sorry. I hate Spencer. What a jerk that guy was, just bursting in being belittling. That's because this writing is so good that you have real feelings. You're, it, having, you're feeling I didn't understand because it was her flashback that the reason they said her all the time was because she was the one thinking it. That was very confusing for me. Yeah. yeah. Because usually it's a neutral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it made sense. I just got confused. Ugh, I hope the Dutch and Dukist come back because I don't want to make new voices for some. I want the same like six characters the whole time. Oh, yeah. There's way too many people now. Yeah. I like how Dr. Berg and Ashima have their scene. That was nice. And I want Carson and Topham to have their scene next That'd time. great. So I much. Mean, Let's, we should make a Topham and Carson at the cafe if there isn't one. Oh, yeah. I like, mean, if if that somehow is not in it, which I please hope it is, then we got to make our own. Well, I don't think it's in Section 3. It's just, oh. It doesn't look like Carson is in Section 3. <clears throat> From what I can tell. I don't know why I get to be Berg. That's didn't that didn't. I mean, it worked out for the actually the Ashima section. We've actually been really lucky, I think, with pairing I the agree. voices. And they talked about Berg and uh, Berg being a realist and or Berg being a hopeful man and Carson being a realist. And I think that's perfect for us. I also agree. That is very good casting. I think we just chose good characters. Ultimately. Oh yeah. And I think it was just because of who, who came first on the page. Yeah. It just so happened that. Yeah. It just worked out real good. All this uh, fate. Would you say Chrysippus? Oh um, no, it's probably the edge of destiny. Obvi. Obvi. Because we're not ready to twist fate. Oh, no. That's right. The twist. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. That's, that's part later. two. Uh, that's later. Oh, burp count three. <laughs> we'll spark that shit then. Foo. <laughs> Come down to Captain Banana Hammock's discount cannabis distillery. And fireworks, Doctor Captain Doctor Banana Hammock is gonna hook you up. He's he's got a Hablo Low Espanol, Captain Hannah Bar Hannah Banana Hammocks, and Can a Bus Stop. Go there, just go there now. Captain Banana Hammocks Discount Cannabis Bits Distillery and Fireworks Shop. All right. Aye aye, Captain. Talking about my fetus. Man, I'm gonna be really bummed if there's no Sir Topham and and uh, 
Carson drinking coffee. And, it, and I hope that they like don't even really have anything to do to <laughs> contribute to the story. It's just them um, bullshitting for like half an hour. I would just I would tune into that talk show. I think that could be it could be Carson and Topham's happy hour. Nice. Yeah, I think we should write that or improv it or something. For we future. should we should just improv it right now. I know oh, that you're right. That's um, right. You're always good about knowing when to things should happen. Right now. No. Right no. Now. No. 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 When everything looks dire, you can't help but feel dour. So let's retire by the fire to exercise our power. Grab whatever drink you desire, I'll have a whiskey sour. You never know what may transpire on Carson and Topham's happy hour. Well, okay, so what was the last things that happened? Um, Dr. Carson nodded and veered off down the side ha- hallway with Sir Topham towards the cafe. Yep. So, so just to recap, I don't know when this is going to happen, but Ashima cried in front of Dr. Burke, and then Ashima had a memory that she shared. <laughs> that involved her. That involved her, and that's why she liked it so much. And it involved Thomas and Spencer and the Duke and the Duchess. Well, the Duchess didn't really. She didn't really contribute. So I'm just going to say Duke, Spencer, Thomas, and Ashima had a memory. And she told it to Dr. Berg, and Dr. Berg showed his compassionate side, and everyone was freaked out. <laughs> yeah. He had so a now, and it, oh, and Dr. Berg's a, a scientist. We and must he's a scientist, re- and a doctor, and a husband. <laughs> so many things. Triple whammy. So while this was happening, while Shima was reminiscing with Dr. Berg, Dr. Carson and Sir Topham were bullshitting in the cafe where Dr. Carson was supposed to... Um, like fill him in on the status of Thomas's injuries, I guess. I don't know what that's called. Injuries. Stop him! Would you like something with a little bit of, uh, like an espresso shot in it? Oh, you know, espresso always keeps me up at night. Got anything a little bit more like chamomile? Oh, yeah, we got a whole bunch of these Tazotees. I hope that you like them. Uh, yeah, could I'll just get a spot of sugar? I know you're from Jersey, so you don't know what it's like. Wait, am I being Thomas? Oh, you're hey. being Thomas. Sir Topham is like a uh, um, Topham's like a Wilfred Brimley looking uh, motherfucker. My, my Achilles character. <laughs> That's true. Oh yeah, you guys like that cuppa? Here's a cuppa and two cubes. So tell me, Doctor. Uh, I'm gonna let me transition to Southern. So tell me, doctor, 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 doctor. This, this is, is hard. I vis- wish it wasn't tough. Anyone but Topham. Oh, boy. Let me Google Southern person talking. I forget how sounds work once I'm in one. It's weird that he would be a sir if he's from the South. But that's just me. So what What brings you to, to Sodor from all the way from Jersey? Oh, you know, I was working on the rails there. And they had a couple of uh, different minor accidents when I was in med school. And then I moved here, you know, just because uh, you got to go where the demand is, basically. 
And, you know, I knew Dr. Carson from uh, when I did my internship over at the... Um... Aren't you, Dr. Carson? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. I'm so sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I've been drinking. This isn't even coffee. It's it's a uh, it's just Kahlua. <laughs> it's hot Kahlua. Would you like a hot Kahlua? So, oh, don't uh, mind if I do. <laughs> just give me a cup of Kahlua. You know, back when I was a a young intern, um, I was working in Jersey, and I met this guy, Dr. Berg. Oh, Dr. Berg. He, yeah. he was one of my favorite mentors. Oh, he's your mentor? Yes. When um, when I was working on the Reading Railroad, uh, he was the, the it's chief It's pronounced Redding. Resident. It's pronounced Redding. Hey, Dr. Berg here. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dr. Berg. Would you like some coffee? It's actually no, just no, hot no, 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 I'm all full of uh, blood, and I just got to get away from that. Ashima's telling a story about her memory, and I just had to get out. Plus, it's I didn't a... remember what Tar- Sir Topham sounded like, so. Oh, how's it going over there, Berg? Yeah, shut up. You're not invited anymore. Don't Did be you tell so him how mean to my mentor? new friend. <laughs> well, I'm glad that the, the tracks don't go over here to the cafe and borrow medical facilities. That'd Trains be awesome. can't eat. Where would he? Where would he go to just talk shit about these trains? I mean, come on. There's nothing worse than operating on an awful, ugly twenty-year-old train. I don't know. He seems like he might be older. I, I can't tell, but I think he's hot. Did you hear him swearing in his sleep? <laughs> I think he might be an adult. There's no way he has such a fragile, noble figure. I thought. Wait. Can trains be nubile? <laughs> well, they have to be made, right? I guess so. I don't know. I just, I've never heard that word said aloud. I thought it was nubile. We pronounce it nubile where I'm from. Where are you from, by the way? <laughs> I'm sorry, Dr. Berg. I don't mean to pry into your previous existence, but back when we were working on the Reading, a.k.a. the Reading Railroad, you never told me much about your home life. I know that you wear a ring. Yeah, well, I have a wife. It's The ring is because I'm a scientist. Oh, I understand. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. It's yeah, an so... alchemical gold ring I made from salt and vinegar. Oh, that's very beautiful. I feel like if there was some way that we could use that type of alchemy to heal these engines, we'd probably be striking gold. Pardon the uh, pun. Oh, it's pardoned all right. I think Thank you're you. on to something, Dr. Carson. So, uh, Sir Topham, how uh, <laughs> how do you think we might be able to procure some different alchemist um, materials? Well, if you give me a cut on the on the down low, I'll uh, I can do some mining. I got Spencer, my biggest train. He could go over to the quarry and pick up some gold bars and bring them out over here. That Shut sounds up, like a plan. Dr. Topham, I hate the way you sound. Oh, come on. Dr. Berg, you're under a lot of stress. Yeah, you need I to go home and see your wife. The size of my cock. Are you okay? I think I think he might just have had an aneurysm in his penis. <laughs> uh, I just wish Dr. Topham was dead. <laughs> Dr. Topham. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. Hate... I meant sir. I mean, he does own this medical facility. I feel like you maybe should go and 
Rub it's one all out right. or try I it out somewhere else. Every day on the road, you should hear the slurs the engines throw at me on account of my body makeup. Sir Topham, why do these engines have such sooty mouths? Well, we designed them with the most, most efficiency, and it just travels to all cores of their being, from the bloodthirsty, you know, sexual uh, undertones we keep buried down in that shell, all the way to their mean-spirited remarks. Hmm, that makes a lot of sense to me. As a train surgeon, I feel like the best way that we could potentially neuter this problem, pardon my analogy, is to remove Pardoned. their horns. Thank you. What do you think, Dr. Berg? Should we take the, ho the horn, the, the big train horn, <laughs> off of his head? Are you, are you, are you talking? <laughs> are you talking about the smokestack? No, no, what, Sir Topham. I'm talking about horn? the horn. You know, the thing that they, uh, that's like a little loudspeaker that's on their forehead that they use to try and yell, get out of my way, motherfuckers. Get off the tracks. That's the, the, the horn. I don't think the women ones have it. I think you're thinking of the underside of the carriage. Nah, now nah, the undercarriage has that little boot in the front. I'm talking about the locomotive's horn. It's like a little whistle that tells you, watch out, I'm coming for you, I'm going to kill you. you well, know, I'm no they... trained doctor, but I've never noticed a whistle like that before. Yeah, there's two of them on that Thomas kid. <gasps> Do you think one of them's from a murder victim? The... <laughs> <laughs> Who's the murder victim? Dr. Berg, are you trying to tell me something? I feel like we've gone over this back in med school when we were both doing our residency. Don't you ever dare mention our residency in front of Sir Topham again. That's how I told him how we met. There's a, I mean, it's right behind. There's a, they got the, their head, and they got their smokestack, and they got their bell, and they got their two horns. I go you don't choo -choo. need to explain a train to me, uh, Dr. Carson. This is the last straw. Dr. Berg's been under a lot of stress. I know that he's been sleeping on the couch. It's made him real cranky. So don't just don't even go there with him, Sir Topham. Just... I'm going to go check on Ashima and listen to the rest tail end of her story. Good luck. Hope you, uh, you know, that Slam hot Kahlua keeps you up. Man, he didn't need to slam the door of the cafe. <laughs> Jesus, God wept almighty. Oh, is this, is this that scientist for you? They just can't help but be in the center of attention. I wish he was more of a doctor than a scientist. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. The scientist part is a little bit gruff. <laughs> well, you... <laughs> uh, I, I think I hear my train calling. <laughs> No, that's the Shima. She's um, laughing or crying, whatever that sound is that they make, with not with their horns, but, what? you know, the front part. What is he a scientist in? Oh, he's at a, a scientist in um, excursionary train surgery, <laughs> which they call ets -X. It sounds like he's just a doctor, maybe. Oh, but he's he's studied and written a lot of you know different research journals on how to do the surgeries on these trains and the the rails involvements and how you know they age. I mean, he's taught me everything I know. 
He just seems like a little bit of a liability, if I'm being honest. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> uh, oh, you are drinking on the job? No, no, no. I'm off the job now because we already finished, uh, you know, the initial stabilization. And honestly, there's nothing much we can do right now until we get that gold so we can pour, perform <laughs> the alchemy on him. I know that um, it's a union job, so we're going to have to wait until the guys come back in. They don't usually clock in until about 5.30, 6 a.m., so uh, it's going to be a little bit. Ah, well, I haven't had the heart to tell Shima about this surgery in the first place. I hope Dr. Berg isn't being too gruff in there. Nah, nah, he's great with the ladies. <laughs> he's well, been Dr. railroading Carson, ladies for years. We should do this every week. Oh, yeah, I mean, this is probably the best cuppa and Kahlua coffee in town, because it's the only cafe. <laughs> Everything else is a bar. A pub, you call it. That's uh, one of the main uh, draws to moving to Sodor, is that... Uh, not any churches there's very few cafes maybe two and uh there's bars everywhere so you don't have to go thirsty ever and the railroad system just brings you from place to place you don't that's why i built the trains to go right from pub to pub without stopping i love that you know i haven't i haven't driven a car in about 13 years (laughs) so it's uh probably good that there's all these trains here to take me where i need to go and you don't even have to tip them because they're not real people yeah, it's it's still confusing to me if they uh, are they do they eat like I don't know uh, how do they make a living do they I mean do they have to pay rent on the little railroad train huts whatever you call them. We'll tell you the secret, Doctor Carson, and only because you seem like a nice little drunk right now. Ah, thank you, Sir Topham. <laughs> we brainwash them at a young age so they do all the work for us for free, and they oh, think shit. that they're willing. Wow, that is a, a lot of information for a person to take at one time. I just uh, thought you were going to tell me that the, the stations are kind of like an indentured servitude thing. No, but, entirely uh, slaves. They can't live the tracks that they tried. Huh. Well, what do you know? I guess it's a good thing that they don't have tracks leading into this uh, part of the medical facility. <laughs> That's why I make sure. I like you, Sid Topham. You're a straight shooter. Eh, you don't always say to that in my country. Cheers. Cheers. I was going to say cheerio. You, cheerio. you got me on that cheers, one. You're really Leo. good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a mensch. <laughs> you're a righto lass yourself. Oh, my God. Do oh. you think I'm a woman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jesus I think that God, canonically but you're a man, but. Well, you know, I do have this ponytail. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Dr. Carson, get in here. We gotta perform another surgery. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, I'm on my way. It was nice uh, having a drink with you, Sir Topham. Oh my god. That cuppa must be strong. Holy shit. I just snotted out boogers onto my face. (laughs) And scene. End scene. Is Cheerio. Cheerio, cheers, oh, cheers. Oh, no. I can't tell how masturbatory that session was, but... <laughs> well, it, I, mean, I hope that it's all cut, because that was useful for the, the furthering of the story in any way. Well, 
I got distracted by not being able to do the one voice that I had the role to do. <laughs> well, <coughs> we need to start taking like vocal lessons to make sure we don't hurt ourselves during these many voices. <laughs> it's true. Oscillating back and forth from American to British Southern to anything possible is just uh West West Africans. West Africans. West Australians. That's true. Yeah. Well, I, I like that we didn't talk about ethics, but we did talk about slavery. Yeah. Drinking on the job. <laughs> Those are I mean, all um important eth- behaviors. Yeah, those are fine. Totally. I think that I, I always look forward to Ashima's voice because uh, it's very consistent in a way that some of our <laughs> characters of mine are lacking. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> well, I can't quite figure out what Sir Topham sounds like. Except when I'm not doing a play, apparently. I feel like if we just watched one of these yeah. train shows, then we would know what they sound like. Is that our homework for next time? Sure. Oh, no. What about ethics? Eh. This eh. is this is a meta ethics show, right? Yeah, like, you're right. Thomas and Friends deals with the most ethical things like um, racing and races. <laughs> racism. Yeah, that's what the show is essentially. <laughs> the great shunting racism. The great racism shunt. Yeah, that's true. Perfect. Well, I'm gonna go uh, upstairs on the couch and um, with the farmer. Where it's comfy and cozy, and uh, watch Thomas the Tank Engine, The Great Race. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, um, I'm going to go blow my nose. I don't know. <laughs> you haven't even wiped yet. No. Awesome. Gross. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, end tag. End tag. Everything's great. Nothing is wrong. Everything's podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>